It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There's a solution for cutting yourself while shaving, and it's Manscaped. You've heard us talk about it for years. You know it's trusted by over 2 million worldwide. And you should also know that using code DNVR gets you 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Spend spooky season using the best tools for the job at manscaped.com using code DNVR for free shipping and more importantly, 20% off. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD coffee will improve the quality of your morning because it's rich in CBD and CBG and will have you feeling as good as I've been because their CBD infused coffee helps with chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, and so much more. Plus zero coffee jitters if you happen to want three or four cups a day like I typically do. And now you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25. Please support them because they've been supporting us for years and use code DNVR25 for a nice discount. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today is our special guest, Noah Yingling from Rocks Pile, the co-expert, co-editor over there. Been enjoying his work for years and so glad to finally have him on our show. Noah, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, right off the top, for, for those that out there that, that may not be as familiar with your work, give us a little background about uh, your life in sports media so far, because I know you've done some play-by-play in addition to covering the Rockies very extensively. Yeah, I started out, uh, I went to college at Bowling Green State University, um, best known for being the college that Oral Hershiser went to. Um, more recently, uh, Burke Badenhop, Nolan Reimold went there. Um, and I started out doing broadcasting there and then as an internship there, I started out writing for a website that actually doesn't even exist anymore. And I wrote about the Indians or then named Indians because that's I live in Ohio. So I wrote about them. I wrote about the Diamondbacks because I have some family out in Arizona. And then I was like, eh, I'll, I'll pick a team that made some decent off-season moves or w- what I thought were decent off-season moves. Again, I was wrong. Everybody was. Uh, and it was Colorado Rockies. They signed Ian Desmond and made a few other moves that off-season. Um, so I thought, eh, I'll, I'll choose them. And then a few weeks later, I got the offer to do this with my co-expert Kevin Henry, and we're both still here more than four years later. That's really exciting. I, again, knowing that that you're from Ohio and, and going to Bowling Green, one of the things I wanted to ask you, I was going to save it for later, but I can't resist because I'm a huge minor league baseball guy. When they were doing all the reshuffling with the minor leagues and they're going from 160 to 120, were you a bit surprised that Bowling Green, that the hot rods were going to stick around since they weren't really geographically located near any of the other leagues? I was kind of surprised. And but you mentioned Bowling Green. It's not in Ohio, though. It's in Kentucky. I get that frequently, though, of, oh, have you ever been to a Bowling Green Hot Rods game? Nope. It's in Kentucky. (laughs) So so the Bowling Green, the school that you went to is in Ohio? Yes. Yeah, it's in Bowling Green, Ohio. And the Bowling Green Hot Rods are in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Interestingly, though, when I did do play-by-play in college for the BGSU baseball team, we had a series in at Western Kentucky University, which is in Bowling Green, Kentucky. 
So it was essentially Bowling Green versus Bowling Green in Kentucky. So, of course, their sports people were like, okay, do you guys go by BG or Bowling Green or BG State University? Like, they just whatever you want. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> I yeah, have about 12. I have about 12 follow-up questions, but I, I think I'm just going to have to do a lot more research on the explanation <laughs> for this. But I, I will throw out there for anyone listening who may also be a bit confused. Just know that the Cincinnati airport, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio, is in Kentucky. Yep. So hopefully that helps some things for anyone that was confused going into this. Yeah, and <laughs> that's one thing that – and this is one tangent I can go on for a, probably an hour on is Ohio geography is just wild to uh, to put it in simple terms I live in Sandusky Ohio if you've heard of Cedar Point that is where Cedar Point is there is a Sandusky County Ohio there is an upper Sandusky and there is a Sandusky River the Sandusky is north of upper Sandusky but upper Sandusky is called upper Sandusky because it's north of the Sandusky River Sandusky, Upper Sandusky, and the Sandusky River are none of the three are in Sandusky County. Once you said Sandusky, all I started thinking about was Tommy Boy and and all of those that, references. There's another reference. Well, we'll we'll loop back around to that. We we'll <laughs> we'll get into some of the postseason talk, of course. Uh, your article about Ryan McMahon's Gold Glove Award chances, but let's dive into some of the Rockies news and notes. Last week, we had. Herman Marquez and Ryan McMahon named as finalists for the Silver Slugger and the Gold Glove Award. Do you think Marquez, is he probably the better of the two to you know, win this end-of-season award at, at some point this week coming up? I, I would not be surprised if he does, and who knows, it may be the final time he does, depending on what happens with the CBA. But, I mean, he's won it before. We all know that he is a good-hitting pitcher. Uh, he won it in what year? I believe it was 2018. Yeah. And he uh, that was his best hitting year overall. But still, uh, I, well, I wouldn't say best hitting year overall. I would say um, with the exception of this year. I mean, this year he, he did hit 264. Um, so I would not be surprised if he wins. But that 2018 was his best he he hit 300 but he had a little bit more um at bats he didn't have quite as many rbis so it's kind of a give or take on what stats you look at but um i i think he will probably win that ryan mcmahon should win the gold glove but i don't think he will and that was kind of the article that i had was he should win it he should win the platinum glove too, but he might not win either because Nolan Arenado. Well, let's get into that then, since since you brought it up with with Ryan McMahon and, and uh, being a Gold Glove finalist at third base, along with Manny Machado and his former teammate Nolan Arenado. As you know, you kind of referenced that there are some metrics out there. There's a lot of metrics, and your article does a really great job of of detailing all of those defensive metrics and how, yeah, maybe. According to these numbers, which you know are, are trusted numbers that are available out there to the public, he was the best defender in the entire National League. I guess the real question is, how much stock do you put into the defensive metrics that we have? We know teams, you know, they've got their analytical departments with, you know, thirty to forty members. I mean maybe not the Rockies, but other teams out there do have that many with their own proprietary, you know, data and metrics and things of that uh, measure. And of course, we'll, we'll never know what those things are. And so we can only use what we have. I'm guessing you, you, you put a lot of stock in those for right now, or at least think we should, because, Hey, this is what's available to us. Might as well yeah. use it. Well, and the thing is too, with the exception of this year, since the Rockies and Braves did not play 162 games, there are 2,430 regular season MLB games played a year. With the exception of this year, and then as long as there isn't a 163. You can't possibly watch every single play of every single game. So, of course, you can use the eye test of, like, 
for me, I watched every single Rockies game, whether I was in there in person or whether it was on TV. But I, I was able to see Ryan McMahon and all of what he did. I was not able to watch every single inning that Nolan Arenado played this year or Manny Machado. But I could see with the numbers, hey, Austin Riley, he was snubbed. He should have been a finalist. But he wasn't. And also, too, with the numbers, you have to dive deep into them to, to kind of see the full picture. Because, for example, if you look at defensive runs saved on fan graphs, just the leaders, you'll see that Ryan McMahon, they have him as 13th overall in the major leagues with 12. But they only list his defensive runs saved at third base. A Rockies fan knows that he played 30% of his games at second base. And he had nine defensive runs saved there. That would put him tied for number one overall. It would be interesting to see the votes. Like if that went public where you could see how everyone ended up voting. Because if you are, you know, someone that, that is able to vote on the Gold Glove Award, and let's say you come from Cincinnati... That was a point in which the Rockies played the Reds uh, from May 13th through 16th. And, you know, I don't know off the top of my head exactly how much Ryan McMahon had played third base, but that was really before Brendan Rodgers kind of took over and became the second baseman. And McMahon was staunchly over there at the hot corner. So, if you know, if you, you watch the Reds, you really only got to see Ryan McMahon play third base for a single series. Not that two series is really enough to change your mind, but... If you're watching Nolan Arenado 19 times a year against your team, you're probably going to be more inclined. And so, you know, maybe you could you could shift some voters' minds uh, in in a six or seven games that your team plays against the Rockies. But if you're looking at the Reds, Mets, Phillies, all of those teams played Colorado in the beginning of the season, the first two months when McMahon was not firmly entrenched there at third base he was still going back and forth between the two positions well and then also too and one of the points i made in the article was if you look just at third base in the national league at defensive run saved austin riley is the leader he had technically had one more than mcmahon because that's just looking at mcmahon at third base and austin riley wasn't a finalist and it's the voting body for it is each NL manager for the NL Gold Gloves. It's each NL manager gets a vote, and then uh, they vote on the players, and then six of their coaches vote on it. And you cannot vote for your own players. So Bud Black could not vote for Ryan McMahon, even though Bud Black and all of his coaches know that Ryan McMahon is one of the best defenders in baseball. But obviously with the bias there, you can't, you can't vote on that. But would Dave Roberts do it? Who knows? He, I mean, there's other coaches and there's other people who would just say, oh, Nolan Arenado, he's the best defender in baseball. Of course, he's the guy who's going to win. So I'm going to vote for him. But if you look at the numbers, they don't necessarily say that he should win. I like that point too, because we know baseball can be an old boys network and keeping yeah. things at the status quo, go back and look at, you know, Raphael Palmero's numbers. Uh, I'm sure you probably know the year, Noah, cause you, you're an encyclopedia. You, you've got a steel, steel trap of a mind that can remember these facts, but Raphael Palmero was a DH and he won the gold glove at first base circa 2002, if you will. And that's because you go, Oh yeah, Palmero, we know he's good. He's still around in the league. What did he hit 38 home runs this year? Sure. Let's go with that guy. And so when you think about that and you think about how voters operate, especially we're talking about the baseball guys, right? The managers, the coaches, it's almost a surprise that Ryan McMahon here really in his first opportunity was named a finalist because you go, can't go wrong with Nolan Arenado, even in a down year or even in a year in which maybe the numbers say he was awful. Now, that's not the case. His numbers were still pretty good, not as good for him normally. You go, all right, Arenado, automatic bid. Manny Machado already has two gold gloves uh, from his time in Baltimore. And you go, all right, he's a lock to go in. And then from there, again, 
this was the conversation for so many years with Trevor Story, not even being a finalist because he's kind of behind in the depth chart of some more veteran players and it becomes really hard. So it's, it's really uh, a victory in and of itself for him to even be a finalist at this point. Yeah. And the thing is too, there's another example is Ozzy Albies. I, I saw it firsthand when I was there in Denver, how, Ron Washington and he have a great relationship and they are Ron Washington and his infielders are always doing infield drills, but Ozzy Albies, he had one defensive run save this year at second base. Ryan McMahon had nine and Ozzy Albies played second base three and a half times more than Ryan McMahon played second base. But yet, Ozzy Albies is a finalist there. And there were plenty of guys who were ahead of him. So, obviously, numbers are not the be-all, end-all. But, at least with the numbers, you're like, okay, these guys are way ahead of him. But yet, Ozzy Albies is looked at. Now, and another point that I make in the article, too, is that there's some people... And one of the missions I kind of did this year was watch some of the opposing team's broadcast. And this happened early on in the season where Ruben Amaro Jr., who was filling in, he is not a regular color analyst for the Phillies. He was filling in on the Phillies games that were at Coors Field. And he was saying how Ryan McMahon, he's, he's not a very good defensive player. Uh, you're wrong. I mean... <laughs> The numbers say that he's a good player. The eye test says he's a good player. You just didn't do your research. It's simple as that. And the thing is with Ruben Amaro, he was one of the voters from 2016 through 2018 because he was a coach. So if he thinks that Ryan McMahon is not a good defender, he used to be a voter. So what does that say about the voting body? Just, oh, these I think these three guys are good. So... I'll vote them in. That's not necessarily the case. And when when these coaches are voting, it's at the end of the season. And again, they they operate differently than you or I would know. They yep. they operate much differently than than journalists or fans because we're gonna go and look because we want to get it right. Not that they don't, but they're they're on the other side, they're on the field, they're yep. on the dirt, they're on the grass, and so Hey, I, or I think I know. My friend, so I'm going to vote for him. Sure. But even if even if we're not even talking about that, you're going to go, yeah, but I, I know what I saw. And this guy is fantastic. And that player may be fantastic. But if you're not digging into those numbers, you're not going to know who's more fantastic than Ozzy Albies. I think he, he's, he's a fantastic player. But to your point, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance going out there before every game. We see it at Coors Field. We've seen it every year with Ron Washington and those guys going down to their knees and doing those drills. And that's obviously helpful. And that's, that's not a show. That's not a, a circus just to, you know, show other people, Hey, look how hard we're working. There is an effect. There is an impact on that. We, we know the, the, the positive contributions, those kind of drills can make, but they can also make an impact on the managers and go, well, come on, who's, who's better than these guys. And it doesn't help that Ozzy Albies is an all-star with the bat too. And so, the eyes can be deceiving in that way. Whereas, Hey, when you look into the metrics and we get it there, there's a downside to just looking at numbers and not looking at the player. But when you're looking at the numbers, you might get a better idea as to who is successful and who is less successful. Yeah. And I mean, a key point for that is you can't look at all the numbers for the Seattle Mariners. I mean, they, they were in the playoff hunt until the final day of the season and if you look at their win run, uh, their their run differential, they should have been the Rockies. They were they should have been a seventy six win team by their run differential. They won ninety games. So obviously you can't look at all the numbers, and that that's that right there tells you you can't rely solely on the numbers. But when you don't, uh, when if you can't watch every single game, sometimes you do have to use the numbers in relationship with the eye test as well and one thing you definitely can rely on is a great time at the dnvr bar right there on the corner of colfax in york in downtown denver our members know that you can come hang out 
any time of the day, especially happy hour from three to six with drink specials and appetizer discounts. Our members will also get a much larger beer as well as discounts on some of our swag over at DNVR Locker. In fact, if you want to join the DNVR.com, it's 50 cents for your first month and an annual membership. If you want that, you'll actually get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. Shout out to all the people who were out on Saturday night for the amazing Halloween party. Those of you that came out on Sunday for the tailgate before the game against the Washington football boys. I think that's what it's called. I, I, I really only focus on baseball, but uh, the Washington <laughs> football boys is what I'm going with. Uh, and and everyone who went there, you, you enjoyed if If you signed up for 20 bucks to join the tailgate for our members, you got all you can drink Breck Brew and all you can eat sexy pizza. You can't beat that. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR and, and they also have a seltzer too and you can get that on tap and in stock at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York. You can also get their 15 can sampler of hard seltzers. It's good company hard seltzer. An easy choice for a great company. Breckenridge Breweries, good company, hard seltzer. What isn't hard is DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And they've got an offer every fan should be jumping on. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's really that easy and that rewarding. DraftKings customers can get skid in the game with also those new same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. And new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is not going to really be baseball because we don't know how much more is left of this season. But Wednesday's Group C draw in the UEFA Champions League looks to be a lock. I like Ajax. It looks like Ajax, but it's Ajax over Dortmund. It's currently plus 165, and Ajax has been incredibly solid this season. Top of Eredivisie in the Netherlands. They've got just one loss. Uh, and in the Champions League, they've been even better. 3-0-0. They've already defeated Dortmund 4-0 a couple weeks ago. They'll have to do it on the road, which is why you get a nice payout for a win, my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, Ajax on Wednesday's Group C draw plus 165. My man Noah, you you talked about uh, a couple of the the Rockies games you went to. I did want to ask you about some of the road trips that you went on. Our our buddy Kevin Henry was able to follow the Rockies a little bit on the road. You did the same. He said you did a little more traveling than he did. He went more on the Meyer League route he went to spokane he went to albuquerque um he went to lancaster when fresno was there he was not able to make it to hartford though um i well and then we both went to wrigley field when the rockies were there um i went to cincinnati uh, in addition to chicago i went to cincinnati milwaukee and texas as well uh obviously first time i've been to texas in their new ballpark um but also too with the exception of wrigley field and you know him from the press box thomas harding is just an absolute i i it's absolutely you can't even describe him it's just what a guy (laughs) great guy treasure he's hilarious yeah especially in cincinnati milwaukee and texas um I was the only one there with him with the exception of the Rockies PR team. So it was just him and I talking for eight hours, essentially, because we'd get there probably two, three o'clock for a seven o'clock game. And then, of course, we got the pregame, the game, and then half hour, hour after the game. And I cannot tell you how many times I nearly fell out of my chair laughing at him (laughs) or laughing with him on on occasion. A lot of people who don't cover baseball are always surprised that when we say game day, we mean game day because it's two o'clock in the afternoon 
all the yeah. way through, you know, midnight. If it's extras, it could even be longer than that because you're waiting for the post game. Whereas most of the other beats that we have here at DNVR, they're they're in maybe an hour, hour and a half before tip off or or puck drop, whatever it is. There's a clock, so you have a general idea how long the game's gonna go and it's a, it's a much easier experience, but you know what? Hey, we love the grind of baseball. And, and so, you know, we could probably talk about Wrigley all day. Maybe we'll have a separate one just about stadiums, but I am curious of your experience at globe life field. Now I'm second guessing myself. I'm not sure which one it is now park or field. I'm gonna go field. Is it field? Field's I, the new one. Not, now I'm, I'm questioning myself. I'm going to say too. it is, it is field. I believe it's field host of the 2020 world series because that has that retractable roof and some of our you know members here at dnvr they've been down to arizona they know about chase field you were also at now american family field that's formerly known as miller park in milwaukee and so those retractable roofs can kind of be touch and go i like the one in milwaukee don't like the one in phoenix what's the take on globe life field um I like it because even though it was the end of August and the last game was September 1st, it is just boiling, boiling hot there. I, I've never been to Texas before that uh, series, and I knew it was hot. I didn't realize it would be that hot. Where I mean, it would be – I remember once, it was – I think it was 9 o'clock at night, and it was still 85 degrees and – probably 70% humidity, which obviously in Denver, you don't get that humidity. But um, it's also weird to the stadium in that sense, it is, it's a dome. The press box is not enclosed. It's a completely open press box and it's on the first base side and it's in the upper deck. So there, there's nothing, well, I believe there's, there might be one tier above but I remember when we were standing on the field, the Rockies PR team, it was Shelby and Rob who were there. They had never been to the stadium either. And they were like, oh, so where's where's the press box? I'm like, all the way up there. And like, they're like, holy crap, that's way up there. Like, it's actually, it's not a bad view. I walked all around the stadium and you can pretty much get a good view anywhere because it that's one of the things with the Dome. It seems a little bit more cozy, shall I say. Um, so you can pretty much get a good view anywhere, but at first glance, like when, if you're on the field, you're like, oh, I'm like halfway to, to the moon up there. But really it's, it's not that bad, especially when it's open as it is there. I'm looking forward to, to checking that out in 2023 because Rockies will play the Rangers, but it will be at home in Coors Field. That was uh, a series in which Trevor Story, I think had a couple home runs, Yep. You know, it's it's maybe looking back on it, you can possibly notice something because at the time, you know, as you said, it was uh, you know later in the year, and you know they're still playing games. You're not thinking about his free agency quite as much. But was there anything in in the uh, smattering of applause for the visiting player hitting a home run that made you think these fans may want Trevor Story too? Uh, they they definitely do, and the Texas beat writers knew that he was a free agent because the first day that he was there, uh, the, that the Rockies were there. Um, he came out on the field and a throng of Rangers media were just swooped in on him. So um, naturally though, cause I, uh, that road trip, that was the beginning of the, that road trip was at Wrigley field. So I kind of prepped ahead and asked him a few Texas questions there at Wrigley and he was saying uh, he had recommended a, diff a few different barbecue places and some other like Tex-Mex places and all that so when I was there in the the huddle I said okay I gotta throw you a bone here do you want to tell these Texas people what your favorite barbecue place is and then he told them Hurtado Barbecue which is there in Arlington and they were like, oh, gosh, it's so good. I'm, I, now I really want to go there tonight, but they're already closed or, oh, they're closed tomorrow. Or so that he he loves Texas. So I, I would not be surprised if he goes there. I would not be surprised 
though I would be less surprised if he went to Houston because he does want to win. And obviously Houston's in the World Series. So if they happen to lose out on Carlos Correa, which they might, I would not be surprised if he goes to Houston. Yeah, that's a natural fit that is is recently been been starting to heat up this idea of, well, the Rangers are, you know, down the street from where he grew up essentially. Whereas yeah. hey, the Astros are still a, a decent drive. It's still in state and with the amount of money he'll be making yeah he could jump on a little chartered flight if he needs to get back home and see mama or yeah or have have mom you know have teddy come out and, and see him in, in houston so there there yeah. is a chance that that connection should happen also this week we saw that josh fuentes and yancy almonte were among four players who were optioned off the 40-man roster do you see either of those guys coming back i mean again there's a reason why they were optioned off i mean would they benefit from a change of scenery? I guess I should say. I think both of them would, but I, I would still be surprised if they are not on the Rockies roster in spring training, but I shouldn't say the Rockies roster. I should say that I would be surprised if they're not non-roster invitees at spring training because the Rockies do realize that they need some depth and you could very easily argue that Josh, Joshua Fuentes and Yancy Almonte are not great pieces of depth, but they are depth and they are not Dodgers pieces of depth where they can just pull a name out of a hat and, Oh, he's a great player, but at least there would be some depth for the Rockies where we, we, we've seen it a lot in recent years, but we saw it this year where, even for the starting pitching, which is a strength of the team. But if you have two guys out, who's starting for you? I mean, Chichi Gonzalez was not great. And he was designated for assignment, so he's not on the 40-man anymore. But who do you go to if Chichi is your fourth starter and they ended up going to Ryan Feltner, who is in double-A? And that's a problem. That tells you right there that they don't think they have a lot of depth there in triple-A. So that's something that even if Joshua Fuentes and Almonte and Rio Ruiz, for example, if they are not going to be MLB contributors, at least in theory, they shouldn't be, but at least, okay, if player X in at the major league level gets injured and is going to be out for two weeks, we can call up a guy who can be semi-competent and play a little bit at least in the major leagues not okay we're gonna call up this guy from spokane who uh, he's an older guy but uh we don't have much at least it's 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 moving in the right direction shall i say yeah monte would be a welcomed depth piece you can never have enough relievers whereas with fuentes you know he's he's blocked a little bit i think in a sense by some younger players with with maybe some more upside so of the two I could see maybe Fuentes trying to see if if there are more opportunities out there for him, or maybe he has to pick up an outfielder's mitt and, and see if he can get some some playing time there. But one thing that I think we can all agree on on the Rockies' offseason wish list is they do need to add some power. And you wrote a recent article highlighting three guys that the Rockies should go after, and the one guy I want to talk to you about is Nelson Cruz as a potential fit particularly if we know with the new CBA that that's coming, if the universal DH does get added to the national league, I think Nelson Cruz could certainly be a big fit for the organization. as far as adding power goes to the lineup. And there's a few other guys too, that I, I would love to include on that list. And there's, there's one other guy, and this is a teaser. I'll have an article sometime this week, may even have it tomorrow um, for, an ideal Rockies lineup, but I think if they do have the CBA um, changed where the DH would come into the NL, Nelson Cruz could be a cheap option for them. And obviously cheap is a relative term because he would make somewhere between 10 and 15 million, which is more money than you and I will see at least in the next calendar year. Hopefully we'll see that sometime in the near future. But I 10 to 15 million in MLB terms is cheap. Um, 
where he, I mean, how many years in a row has he had 30 home runs or more with the exception, obviously, of 2020 because the pandemic and it's, it's been a lot. And if he hasn't hit 30, he's been at least over 20. He's been over 20 home runs since 2009. So, and the thing is, like I said, with the DH, he's exclusively a DH. He has not played more than three innings in the field in, I think, since 2018, just off the top of my head. Um, And I think those three innings were at first base, which he is. Those are the first that was the first time he had ever played first base in his life. Um, But, yeah, he he could be a huge threat in the Rockies lineup, especially at Coors Field, um, if they have the DH. Now, if they don't have the DH, obviously it's a lot lower the chance that he's going to sign. But if you could get him as a pinch hitter, obviously it'd only be one at bat a game. But if you could get him as a pinch hitter, especially with 81 games at Coors Field, that would be that would be a great move for the Rockies, at least in my opinion, or it could be a great move. Um, but if the DH is not there, I don't think it's going to happen. The Rockies would have to have the DH for that to happen. Very true. I, I think, you know, Rockies, we know they value flexibility above a lot of other things. You know, Garrett Hampson is a, a great example of that. Ryan McMahon, of course. And, you know, even throughout their minor league system, guys like Ryan Vallade have shifted around to positions that better suit him. And so I think the same is true of the DH. You, you don't typically see strictly DH players. It's used predominantly now as a spot to to give players off days. Now there's going to be one guy that is the DH more than any other, but nevertheless, you know, I that in that way he's not a good fit if if the universal DH does come where, you know, that means less opportunities for Charlie to have a day off, let's say, or even if McMahon is banged up, CJ Chrome, whatever it is, now, you know, you know that Cruz is there every day as the DH, but on the flip side, that could still end up being a net positive when you have him penciled in the lineup, clean up every single game. And that line of protection is something that could be a big difference for their productivity next year. And and and, and the other the reason why he fits really well is, as you point out, he's a little bit older. And it means you're not going to have to give him a three, four, or five-year deal, which is going to be the case for those more prominent free agent names, even someone like a Chris Taylor, who might not be a slugger per se, but of course his agent's going to be going out there and, and trying to get like a minimum four years. Whereas, Hey, you know what? If you just want to, if you want to give him a $15 million contract for one year, there's no such thing as a bad one year deal. So that's only $15 million versus 22 for somebody else that you have to pay over the course of two years, whatever it may be. And so uh, definitely make sure you're checking out that article over on Rock's Pile by our buddy Noah. He's got a couple other names in there, too. You can also comment on on those and and strike up a little bit of a conversation. Uh, He's very inclusive in that way, just like Ball Aerospace and Technology is inclusive. They've been practicing diversity and inclusion for years, while other major companies just talk about it as a workplace idealism. Their culture of belonging has been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign, to the degree that they've got a 100% corporate equality index score. Subjectively, your background, whatever it may be, whether you're from New Jersey or you're from Sandusky, Ohio, it doesn't matter where you're from. It's not going to prevent you from being successful. And I think that's what we all want, the opportunity to be successful. Right now, they're looking for folks that have technical and mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles. You can text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to their open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. You don't have to search very far for damn good beef because we've got it at the DNVR bar now by way of Hassel Cattle Company. That's H-A-S-S E-double-L. Check them out, HassleCattleCompany.com. They've got some amazing Wagyu beef. They've got bacon, jerky, all different options. And we're serving it now here at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York. We've got it for all of our watch parties and everything. And you can order it, get it delivered to your home. Anything over $200, in fact, gets you free shipping. Load up your fridge, load up your freezer. It's going to be wintertime. Don't go out to the store if it's snowy. We're getting to that time of year. 
order it, they'll deliver it from Hassle Cattle Company. And better yet, use code DNVR10 at checkout to save 10% every single time at HassleCattleCompany.com by using code DNVR10 at checkout. You can also use code DNVR20 when you're at Solus Meds. You can check them out, S-O-L-A-C-E Meds.com. They've got some smoking hot deals going on, 25% off Dixie Gummies, Solus Bar, Solus Sticks, Extraction Summit, 1906 drops, all of those 25% off. But if you go into any of their four conveniently located Colorado locations, you can check out this premier dispensary in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, as well as the two they have in Denver, one of which is off Broadway, and the other is really close to the DNVR bar on East Colfax, just blocks away. Mention code DNVR to receive 20% off and get a free Solus bar or King Cone at any of those four locations. Again, you can view their online menu ahead of time, order online, and then pick that up at your own convenience. It's pretty great. Just head to solusmeds.com and purchase from there. Don't forget to mention code DNVR20 to save 20% off. Well, no, I don't think anyone else from the Rockies are really going to factor in in the Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, Cy Young Award MVP. But can you see anyone getting a third-place vote along the way, like for Rookie of the Year, Connor Joe or Lucas Gilbreth? Is that pretty far-fetched for one writer to maybe throw them a third-place vote? I mean, uh, (laughs) never say never because uh, we've seen – You can say never, no. It's okay. You can say never. I, I will go one step short of never because Ryan Tapera did get MVP votes. Um, I won MVP vote on mistake. Um, it was supposed to be Trey Turner, but it was Ryan Tapera who got it. So, I mean, whoever bet on Ryan Tapera getting an MVP vote, I believe it was 2019, might have been last year. I think it was last um, year. So really what you're saying is we need to look uh, alphabetically yeah. – at the top candidates like a Trevor Rogers, Jonathan India, Patrick Wisdom, and see if there are any Rockies players next to them alphabetically. And then maybe, just maybe, someone accidentally yeah. gets a vote. I'll sign up yeah, for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, because frankly, I'm not surprised by much anymore <laughs> these days. Um, I mean, in the in the times that we live in, considering what has happened in the last two years, just in the world, uh, it's just hard to be surprised by much of anything. Um, so, I should he get some uh, rookie of the year votes? I mean, if he had a longer playing span, I would say he should. I mean, he did have an OPS plus of one seventeen. Connor Joe's very good. He only played in sixty three games. That that's that's the problem that I have with it. Otherwise, I mean, if he played a hundred in forty three games. He's definitely in the talks. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the only one that we could really see get an important vote, and I, by important, I mean, you know, when it comes to Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, and Cy Young Award, there's just a top three. Whereas yeah. when you get to MVP, it's top 10. And so I think there, we, and we'll get to that next. You maybe could have a Rocky 10th, maybe. It's not, it's not too far-fetched. But top three is a lot different. And really, if you had to pick someone in the top three, for me, maybe Bud Black. Maybe a third-place vote again going into the season. A lot of discussion about it, them being a 100-loss team, certainly after the first couple weeks of the season when they were getting their butts handed to them on the road. And you go, wow, this team is not very good. And then you look up at the standings at the end of the year and teams coming into Coors Field and go, man, those Rockies are not easy to play. Uh, on the corner of 20th and Blake. And so it wouldn't totally shock me, especially when you go back and look and Joe Girardi won manager of the year with the Marlins with a losing record. So I don't think it'll happen, but if, if you needed odds on something to look forward to and say, Hey, does any Rockies player or manager get a top three vote in manager of the year, rookie of the year and Cy Young award voting, maybe Bud Black would have the best odds. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, he should get some votes, at least in my opinion, um, because I mean, look look at the team. It's not like he had a, a great team going into the season. 
did they play well? No. But as it's been pointed out numerous times, if you look from June on, they were essentially a 500 team. If you would have told the Rockies that, they, I mean, they wouldn't have necessarily been happy with it, but, or at least you would, if you would have told Rockies media, I should say, that they would have played 500 on from June 1st, you would have said, oh, okay, they're, I mean, it's not great, but at least they're, they're getting closer. The problem is they started the month of April going nine and 17 and in May they were 11 and 17. And of course, as we both know, they cannot hit their way out of a wet paper bag on the road. So that was their, essentially their problem the entire season. And they were one of the best teams in baseball, in baseball at Coors Field. Obviously now they just have to be able to figure out something on the road. I mean, we all know they aren't going to have as good of numbers on the road as they will at Coors, but it's got to be something better than what they had, especially to start the season. I'm fascinated with the end of year award voting, like where some people get their ideas for, you know, who to vote for whoever, you know, especially when you, you go back and you look at the, the MVP voting because you can vote for 10 slots. So there's a lot more variability. Someone who may have, a player that they watch in their market like fourth and they don't get another top 10, you know, throughout all the other uh, 29 voters, right? Cause two can vote from each city and there's 15 NL 15 AL uh, teams. So there's, there's 30 voters that go in for that. So I always find that kind of variability interesting. And so if, if buddy does get a third place vote and it's not from a, a member of the baseball writers association, of America in Colorado, it'll be interesting to see what team is covered by that writer. And if the Rockies totally shellacked that team for three or four games, you know, at Coors Field, and you go, well, that really made a serious imprint on that person. You can connect those dots pretty easily. And, and again, we can't, we can't blame someone for that. It, it, it does sound wild to think, you know, a, a team that, was you know fourth in the NL West and was was never in the hunt that they should get any kind of acknowledgement to a degree considering how far back they they were but when you you say first second and third well that's that opens it up a little bit more because third place is basically like hey here's an honorary mention to someone maybe it's a stretch sure like it it should be Gabe Kapler probably unanimously Craig Council should get it, go in there. Obviously, you know, Cardinals coming back late. Maybe they shouldn't have been in there in the first place. And you go, uh, maybe I, I don't want to give, you know, uh, my vote to Mike Schilt. We know what Atlanta was able to do, only 88 wins. And again, the voting takes place before the postseason begins. But still, you say, man, Snicker had to get it done without Acuna Jr. So those are four names right off the top. You go, those guys deserve some recognition. But if we're just saying that that last vote, third place, maybe, maybe Bud Black gets one. And by the way, speaking of that, for the AL MVP voting last year, I just looked this up. Alex Verdugo got a fifth place vote from a Boston writer. He did not get in any other votes. No one there you go. had him sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, or tenth. I love that. His only vote was fifth. I love that. Yeah, that that's the kind of stuff I, I'm, I'm here for. I love digging into that. And so now the MVP question. First, probably a lot shorter answer than the second one, but do you see any Rockies getting a top 10 vote for NL MVP? Um, I doubt it. I would not be surprised, though, if maybe CJ Crone would get a vote maybe on that ninth or 10th spot because, I mean, he was far and away the Rockies' best offensive player. Um, but I I doubt it because and, and that's part of the reason why the Rockies got him is he just he flies under the radar. Where I mean, how many teams did he bounce around with? And you look at his numbers and like, for example, 2018, he had 30 homers and 74 RBI with Tampa. And they they let him go to Minnesota. And then Minnesota let him go to Detroit. So that's that's part of the reason why he signed the long-term deal with the Rockies. He wants to stay somewhere for a few years. But he kind of flies under the radar. So, I mean, I would not be surprised. 
surprised. Uh, like I said, not surprised by anything anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a 10th place vote, but I don't think he will. Um, Trevor Story, maybe he would just because of the name notoriety and, oh, he's a free agent at the end of the year, so I'll throw him a bone. Or maybe Ryan McMahon, if some writer notices him defensively, but I I doubt that he will get, uh, that any Rocky will get any MVP votes. And I, yeah, it's it's been, it's been a while since they haven't had anybody in the top 10, but I think you would, you definitely would understand it. And I think you kind of hinted at, well, my next question is, if you had to pick someone, who is it going to be Story or Crone? And, and so, again, if you're looking at the metrics, Story still had the better year than CJ Crone. Although, for what we know Trevor Story to be, you go, well, that was, you know, CJ Crone had, I wouldn't say a career year, but it's up there. Whereas yeah. Trevor Story, this was arguably his second worst season, you know, since 2007. So, in that case, you go, well, Chrome was more valuable and really for what he was able to do in lineup protection. But if you're just looking at wins above replacement, it's going to be Trevor Story, and he's got the name notoriety. So on, on one hand, I, I think we can say, yeah, Chrome was more valuable, but the numbers and the name alone, it might be Story. And, and if, I, if I had to put money down on, on DraftKings, um, I would think Story might, might get that 10th that pick. Based on what we know about writers, as you just pointed out with Verdugo getting a fifth place vote yeah. last year and not on the top 10 anyone else's ballot. Yeah. But as uh, as I often tweet on Twitter, uh, a famous saying from the wise one, Harry Ralston Black, that's baseball. I mean, it's, sometimes weird stuff happens. <laughs> And really, if we're if we're looking outside the box a little bit and saying, okay, what are the narratives that certain writers can create in their mind? And again, they may not update those ideas. It goes back to what we were talking about, coaches voting for the gold glove or silver slugger. You say, no, here is who this guy is. Nolan Arenado, best defender at third base. And let's say, you know, much like in 2020, he got hurt, uh, had yeah. those shoulder issues. And you know, it was a shortened season, so it was a small sample size. But over the course of an entire 162-game season, you could get to the end of the year and go, ah, he wasn't even in the top five. Is he going to get that nomination? Is he going to be a finalist? Of course, on that reputation alone, because you already had it in your mind when you got into the season. It's going to take a some kind of catastrophe. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta beat the champ if you want to be the champ, right? And so, yeah, if you know, some writers are already thinking when they come in, they're flying into Denver in the middle of July, and there's a conversation about, well, maybe Herman Marquez could start for Colorado in the All-Star game. Their mind's already made up. Hey, Herman Marquez is, you know, why have the Rockies been as successful as they've been? Well, really good starting pitching. That's led by Herman Marquez. You know what? I'm going to slide him in there maybe ninth or 10th and 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 give him a, an MVP nom in in that capacity we know he's not that valuable but you could make that case i think to a degree once you open it up to those 10 votes and it's no longer about hey who's the best player because if you're doing that that's a totally different thing but if you're talking about value yeah i could i could see herman marquez maybe getting eighth ninth or tenth vote from a writer or or two out there yeah and the thing is if if a writer considered what oh the rock uh, the they might start him for the All Star game, okay he had a three thirty six ERA entering the All Star game and he pitches at Coors Field okay he's a Cy Young uh, he uh, he's a Cy Young candidate or an MVP candidate, but if you look at the second half of the season he went four and five with a six twelve ERA that is not an MVP or not a Cy Young candidate. So that's the thing where, I mean, who knows? There could be some writers that just think, oh, like you said, oh, he was about ready to start the All-Star game. But at the end of the season, he ended up having a 440 ERA. That's, for me, I, wouldn't, I, would, I would hope they would look at the entirety of the season. But again, wouldn't be surprised by really anything. I'm, I'm going to say it's a Mets writer. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say. Why not? One of the Mets 
<laughs> uh, reporters because again, Rockies didn't play the Mets in the second half. So at that point going in, they're talking to Taiwan Walker, Pete Alonzo, having a good time at the all-star game. And they say, Oh, I, I know everything there is to know about her men Marquez, except they don't know what happened in the second half. And so they're going to go out. I, I'm going on a limb market. Here we go. I'll have to rewind this back and, and see if I get it right. My, it's a future conspiracy theory, so to speak. Yes. Which, I, I mean, if it's a future conspiracy theory, you're first guessing. So, I mean, you're not second guessing. So That's right. All right, before we, we get you out of here, uh, quick thoughts on the postseason. I mean, what do you think there is going to be one thing this postseason is remembered for, whether it's a play or just an overall style that we've been seeing between – Houston and Atlanta, what's going to be the general takeaway, whether it's in, in 20 years from now or just in the next year or two in, in something that maybe changes the game going forward? I hope, as I step onto my soapbox, um, I hope that teams start going away from bullpenning because it, in the regular season, at least in my opinion, I think it can work well in that okay, I don't have a starting pitcher that can go five, six, seven innings for me, but I can piecemeal these guys together. But in the postseason, one, there are more nerves, obviously, because it's the postseason. But also, two, if you're asking six, seven guys to essentially post a zero for you, there's a lot fewer chance uh, the chance of that happening is a lot less than if you're asking three guys to do that just on sheer numbers i mean there's of your 13 pitchers 12 to 13 pitchers pitching there's going to be some guy who doesn't have it and we've seen that a lot this postseason where okay there's bullpenning and sometimes it works like for the braves last night in game four it worked but there's been a lot of times it hasn't and then there's some questionable managerial decisions where, and I was, it was, I believe it was the last podcast episode we did on our podcast, the Rocks Pile Rockies Report, where we were discussing how it seems like manager, there's some managers that frankly, for a lack of, I, I know this isn't necessarily true, but they're managing like it. It's like they don't want to win. Case in point, Craig Council. Corbin Burns in game, uh, uh, he he could have started Corbin Burns on short rest, three days rest for game four. And instead he goes with Eric Lauer because, well, Corbin Burns needs an extra day of rest. He, he can't go on short rest. Well, guess what? You lost. So now he gets three months of rest. So is that enough rest for him? You managed like you didn't want to win the game and put your best guy out there. Now, maybe he could have only gone four or five innings for you, but four or five innings is of Corbin Burns, who could win a Cy Young Award this year, is better than four or five innings of Eric Lauer. And managing like that, and last year we saw it in the World Series, Kevin Cash, Blake Snell, in, he had, what, five and a third innings pitched and allowed a hit, and he pulls him out of the game. Okay, and you lose the game. Oh, well, he needs his rest, and he's he's not going to be his good third time around in the lineup. Well, guess what? Your reliever that you brought in had a five-and-a-half ERA in the postseason and also didn't pitch well against the lineup for him for the first time. So maybe you should, like I said at the beginning, numbers are a great way to look at some things, but sometimes you just need to go with your gut where, okay, the numbers may say this, but that doesn't provide the whole picture of, okay, Blake Snell could be throwing. He's been unhittable so far. So, okay, maybe they get two or three hits against them third time around. So he's more hittable, but that's still probably better than anything you've got in your bullpen where the numbers strictly say, oh, okay, third time around, you can't, it, it, no, needs to go to the bullpen. And these bullpen games are 
not very sexy. Uh, you know, they're just, awful to watch. It's, it's, it's really bad. Terrible to watch. It does make for a, a bad product in that capacity too. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if the CBA is going to do anything with that. I don't know that you even can, but you're right. I, I think that's something that needs to certainly be addressed by the game, and 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 maybe it will. One thing that the game has addressed: Cleveland Guardians. Uh, I did want to just kind of get your quick little take on. Uh, anything we can expect from Cleveland? Because I know you got kind of have a foot in that uh, area a little bit. Anything to expect? Are they going to be – they don't have too many people left to trade away. I mean, Jose Ramirez is pretty much it. Shane Bieber, I, I think those guys are going to stay put for a little while. But um, is Terry Francona doing all right? What are, what might Cleveland be doing this offseason? They, they are such – they are such an enigma. It's 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 hard to read the team because Terry Francona has barely managed the team the last two years, but yet, and it because of health issues. Yet he's returning in 2022, which personally I'm I was I was very surprised by that. So I, I can be surprised, but I I don't think he'll be able to last the full year at least the way his health has been going lately. I, I hope he does last the full year. Um, but with the Indians front office too, they are, there's so many comparisons between them and the Rockies, especially, I mean, first and foremost, the Twitter, uh, each team's Twitters, especially in past years, uh, tweeting each other and all that. And the bromance, shall I say between them, but the the Cleveland front office has said before, okay, we can't sign this player, Francisco Lindor, for example. The Rockies said it with Arenado, then they extended him, and then they traded him, of course. But like with Lindor, they could have gotten so much for him, uh, so much more for him if they would have traded him earlier. And most people knew that they they were not built for the postseason, or at least. Okay, and this has been a thing in the central divisions in general, where we've seen last year all the central division teams got eliminated very early on. I believe all of them were in the wild card series. So where Cleveland was, okay, we have this team that can win the central, but at least with the makeup of the guys, and this is completely my opinion, they, they weren't built to get far in the postseason and 2016 really did a number on them 2017 really did as well where they were up 2-0 in the division series and ended up losing in five games they have not won uh, they've not done anything since then so they they've had a tendency to trade guys later than they should have um Corey Kluber Trevor Bauer uh Mike Clevenger Lindor uh, the, the the list goes on and then there's some of them like eddie rosario who is the nlcs mvp this year they traded him to atlanta for literally nothing they traded him for pablo sandoval and by the end of that calendar day i mean it was within like two hours they dfa'd pablo sandoval and said adios so it was literally for nothing yeah he, he didn't leave the clubhouse in atlanta <laughs> let's let's face it there that was Got to yeah. pretty much already worked out. It's like just just sit tight. It's okay. You you don't have to go to Cleveland. It's all right. Yeah, you can you can go home. Uh, like you don't you don't have to take the flight to Cleveland. So that's a thing where they the team uh, the coaching uh, the whether it's the players, coaching staff, front office, they're at least in the area. They are known and throughout baseball, they're known as great people, but they're not viewed as a winning team. There's a reason why they haven't won a World Series since 1948. And sometimes, as uh, I believe it was Billy Martin who said it, sometimes nice guys finish last. And frankly, it happens with Cleveland a lot. And with Billy Martin's teams, guess what? They won a heck of a lot of World Series. He was not the nicest person on the planet, nor did he have uh, the best uh, clubhouse chemistry either. But they were winners, and they, they ended up winning the World Series a lot. Reggie Jackson won, what, five World Series? It might have been even six. And he did not have some great relationships. But 
they had enough. He was a great offensive player, especially in the postseason. Cleveland, they don't have really any player like that in the postseason. Yeah, a lot of similarities, I think, between Cleveland and Colorado, as, as you've made made clear here going forward. But it's, uh, it's, it's nice that we can just say Cleveland Guardians and, and not have to, at least for me, I just call them Cleveland. In Cleveland, yeah. in Cleveland, and now it's just Cleveland Guardians. You don't even have to think twice about it. So that's that's one of the positives that has come out of this for sure. Now you might like this reference, considering I know you're from New Jersey. As soon as I first heard the name Guardians, I immediately thought of Mike and the Mad Dog, Mike Francesa, and what he would immediately say. Why are they named the Guardians? What are they guarding? <laughs> that's something he would say. Guarding the mistake by the lake. Just got to keep it precious. Yeah. Don't don't want anyone vandalizing that bad boy. And and we don't want anyone not appreciating what you do, Noah, over at Rock's Pile. Again, co-expert, co-editor. Uh, follow him and Kevin Henry at Rock's Pile FS on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, they've got a really good podcast too, Rock's Pile Rockies Report. Check that out when it comes out. Noah, this has been great, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Yep. Thank you. And I do have to say, because I know Kevin's been on here and he probably has not said it because he's too much too humble of a guy. But he if we were talking about the rookie of the year uh, voting. He is one of uh, one of the two Rockies BBWAA guys who voted on that for this year. He has not told me who he has voted for, but he is probably too humble to tell anybody that he has that vote. He does have that vote this year. So on the site, whenever the results are. Uh, released. Hopefully, I will coax him into writing a article of why he voted the way he voted. That's exciting. I'm looking humble. forward to that. No, I'm really excited. Yeah, that'll be a fantastic read over at Rock's Pile. Again, thank you so much for DNVR Sports and DNVR Rockies. He is Noah Yingling. I am Patrick Lyons, and thank you for listening to the DNVR Rockies podcast. The folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans, especially our DNVR listeners who've switched over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their primary family dentist. That's because they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like all of us. Schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush with Green Mountain Dental Group only 15 minutes from downtown Denver.